Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. As Christians... Of course, we all believe that Christ came, but we also believe that he is coming again. A major objective in his first coming was to put away sin. But what will be his objective in his second coming or manifestation? We will explore both of his manifestations on today's Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry. And Dick Taylor has returned for a very classic life study from the book of Hebrews. Dick, thanks for coming in today. You're welcome, my brother. Dick, this message today is called the two manifestations of Christ. This term manifestations may not be as familiar to some as the term or phrase the second coming of Christ. Do these mean the same thing, and where do we find this in the book of Hebrews? Yes, these two mean the same thing. The first manifestation of Christ refers to his first coming in incarnation. The second manifestation of Christ refers to his second advent, or his second coming. So these two are synonymous. They're found in Hebrews 9, and 9.26b says, But now once at the consummation of the ages, he has been manifested for the putting away of sin through the sacrifice of himself. There was his first coming, his first advent, his first manifestation for the putting away of sin. Then in verse 28 of chapter 9, So Christ also, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time to those who eagerly await him, apart from sin, unto salvation. This is his second coming, his second advent, or his second manifestation. And in between these two manifestations or comings, we have an interval which we'll talk about today also. So I like in this broadcast we're covering what he did, what he's doing, and what he will do. Dick, that's a very good presentation of where we're at and where we're going. Let's join Witness Lee. We come to the two manifestations of Christ. Two manifestations of Christ mean two comings of Christ. Christ has come once, and he will come another time. Among Christians, we have the first advent and the second advent of Christ. Every advent is a manifestation. Yes, Christ did manifest to the world once. And he will have another manifestation to the world. Again, two manifestations. In between these two manifestations is a long period. We have to see 
the significance of these two manifestations of Christ with the interval period. Why? Because these three things just compose God's economy. God's economy is composed within Christ's two manifestations plus in between the interval. Before the first manifestation of Christ, what was there was only, number one, God's plan. Number two, God's promise. And number three, God gave a little picture to show what his economy is. That's all. Just like in a material building. Firstly, we have a plan. And secondly, we have some kinds of expectations. And then we made a little model. That's all. Before Christ's first appearance, first manifestation, that means before his incarnation, as far as God's economy is concerned, there was nothing. Yes, Abraham was there. Moses came. David even went until so many comings and goings. But still, nothing was accomplished. What was there? The plan, the promise, and the model. Didn't you see the model? You just go to Exodus. You can see a tabernacle there. Now later on, with David and Solomon, you can see the temple. I tell you, that was it, model. But nothing actually happened. Because nothing actually was done. Until the first manifestation of Christ. And Christ spent 33 and a half years to uh, complete his first manifestation. My! None of us should neglect these 33 and a half years. Do you know how much has been accomplished from eternity past to eternity future? Whatever's needed for fulfilling God's purpose, all have been accomplished. What God needed was accomplished there. What we need was also accomplished there. We Christians today must get into the book of Hebrews. What we are on is the conclusion, the summary of these three chapters. Seven, eight, and nine. And the summary of these three chapters is just Christ's two manifestations plus the interval. For what was the first manifestation of Christ? For the putting away of sin. Nineteen and a half centuries ago, 
the putting away of sin was accomplished. And Christ did it once for all before his first manifestation. Many priests were afraid, sin afraid, but they never put sin away. That was just a kind, just a picture. Dick, the first manifestation of Christ, of course, is a historical fact. He came and he accomplished specific items for the accomplishment of his eternal purpose. And the main item of his accomplishment was the putting away of sin. All believers cherish this point very much. I'm intrigued by the use of the phrase, putting away. It's interesting that it doesn't just say dealt with or that he forgave sin, but he put away sin. When we really see the first manifestation of Christ and what he accomplished through his work on the cross, it is a real putting away of sin. We could say, and our brother has mentioned, sin is history. In the Old Testament, the sin was really only covered. But when the Lord came in his first manifestation, John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So there's that word, away, putting away, taking away. And uh, this means that the sin is not only forgiven, and as in the New Covenant, even forgotten, and not only taken away, but even put away. I like the Old Testament uh, illustration and prophecy concerning sin is all dumped on Satan as signified by a goat, and sent into the lake of fire, signified by the wilderness. So sin is really put away through the Lord's first manifestation. Not only forgiven, forgotten, taken away, but put away. Sin is history. And uh, appreciate the fact that um, in the life study of Hebrews, uh, it mentions, Therefore, in the eyes of God, because of the first manifestation of Christ, Sin has gone and has become a history. Do not believe Satan. Don't believe your feelings. And don't believe your failures. They are lies. You must tell them sin was put away by Christ in his first manifestation. Dick, let's go back to Witness Lee for more of our life study today. When Christ put away sin, at the same time, he accomplished the eternal redemption. Now, I would say, the eternal redemption to us is also a bequest for the consummation of the new covenant. When he finished the putting away of sin, when he accomplished the eternal redemption, I tell you, by these two things, he consummated the new covenant. And even the new covenant, brothers, today, is altogether a bequest. Eventually, for the bequest of the new testament. When the new covenant is bequeathed, it becomes the new testament. So, in first manifestation, of Christ. Christ has accomplished everything. And then he has put everything accomplished by him 
in a whale. And he left this whale with us. And in this whale, you have all the things accomplished by Christ as bequests. You don't need to do anything. Neither I need to do anything. Even Christ doesn't need to do anything. Because everything has been accomplished. Has the uh, New Jerusalem been uh, built there? Are you sure? I believe so. In the eyes of God, the New Jerusalem has built it already. Now how about the churches? If you have the sight, you could see Christ within those 33 and a half years has accomplished everything. And he has put everything he accomplished in this will. Don't consider the New Testament is a book of promise, neither a prophecy. No. The whole New Testament is a will. If your grandpa would give you a will full of prophecies that would be miserable, a will of 280 pages, every line is a prediction, as long as it is a prophecy. You have to wait till you be 280 years old to get that prophecy fulfilled. Whether it will be fulfilled or not, still a question mark. So forget about that. Throw that into the fire and burn it. Don't forget, including Revelation, the book of prophecy, the whole New Testament is will. Even in the Revelation, all accomplished. Christ has accomplished everything. I tell you, if you would have seen this in serving the Lord, you will never have any burden. This is why I never have any burden. Dick, the putting away of sin and eternal redemption are both items of our inheritance in this will. This is marvelous. Why is it helpful to us in our experience to see the New Testament not just as a book of promises or as a book of prophecies, but as a will or a testament? It's very necessary to see this, otherwise we operate with a lot of anxiety and a lot of burden. I appreciate the fact that when we see the New Testament is a will with so many bequests that are bequeathed to us, we just need to be the real joyful recipients of all that Christ has accomplished, for example, in his first manifestation. In those 33 and a half years, he accomplished everything. Not only the putting away of sin, but he even accomplished an eternal redemption. This means everything is done. He has bequeathed this, and by the, the death of the will giver, this will is ready to be enjoyed. So the Bible, the New Testament, is not a book of prophecies and promises, but it's a book of bequests. It's a will. We just need to receive and so the first manifestation of Christ, in that manifestation, Christ accomplished everything. Even we could say, the new Jerusalem has already been prepared and built it up. All the words, the verbs 
related to the New Testament and Revelation are past tense. We just need to say, thank you, Lord. The church has been built. Everything's been done by Christ. If we really saw this, we would be another kind of Christian. We would be beside ourselves with joy. If the New Testament is just a book of promises and prophecies to us, we'd be miserable, always waiting for the fulfillment, looking, when's this going to happen, when's that going to happen? But remember, in the 33 and a half years uh, during the Lord's first manifestation, he accomplished everything. We don't have to wait. We just need to receive and enjoy. Dick, we have one section left, and I need to uh, alert our listeners, I think, uh, in this coming section with Witness Lee. There's going to be an exchange that took place this particular night when he gave this message in 1976, an exchange with a uh, young man. Dick, uh, you had a good time with Witness Lee that night, didn't you? I really had a good time with our brother. We're very happy we have this on tape. It's, it's quite a section. Listen for it. Now, we come to enter into the Holy of Holies in the heavens, appearing before God. You have to realize, now he is there before God, he's altogether not busy. Christ is there, not busy. He's resting there. Christ is sitting there. The only time he stood up, that when he saw Stephen was being stoned to death, he stood up. That was his busy time. <laughs> All the rest is altogether not busy. Sitting there before God. Yet he ministers in the true tabernacle at the high priest. I do believe if you would have been asked by anyone, O Christ at the high priest in heaven, what is he doing there? I don't know. If you would have been asked 40 years ago, I don't know what you would have answered. Okay, I come to Dick. Suppose tonight when you get home, I am the angel coming to you. Hi, dictator. <laughs> Would you please tell me what Christ, your high priest, is doing there while he is sitting with God in the heavens? Yes, I certainly will, angel. <laughs> I'd like to hear it. Good. The high priest is praying. He's interceding. Interceding? Yes. For me? For you. For me now. <laughs> Just an angel. Right, right. Not for me, but for you. Right. He's interceding for all those who have been reborn. Mm -hmm. I, I, I can't understand. As an angel, I couldn't understand. You're not meant to understand. You just go up and down the ladder. You know, you know, Dick, you still haven't answered my question. 
telling you something more. Okay. Okay. Well, God has an eternal purpose. I'd like to hear this. Oh, boy. This is... God's eternal purpose is that He would work Himself in to a corporate humanity for His expression on the earth. And He is doing this by having... <laughs> way. The God of the whole universe is living in me as a life seed. He's growing to take over my whole being. And while he's growing within me, at the same time he's in the heavens sitting. And he's praying. And he's motivating. And causing a reaction of this life seed within me. This may help a little. Sorry, I dare not to talk to you anymore. <laughs> but anyhow, we all have heard the answer. Today, Christ there is ministering, mostly by interceding. He is interceding there to uh, minister to us that whatever he has accomplished might be round in Torby. He has accomplished everything, but all those everything have to be round into us. We need to have the vision to see that. Whosoever today would love him and seek after him, he is interceding for these people. Well, Dick, we've enjoyed listening to this uh, encounter between you and uh, the angel quite much in this past section. Have you had any more recent encounters with angels? No, I haven't had any more recent encounters. <laughs> uh, this took place about 22 years ago, Dick, and uh, it was an enjoyable exchange between you and Witness Lee at that time, but there certainly was a marvelous point to it, and that's what we want to focus on. The Christ in the heavens today, though his work is done, is still active and busy with a big job of ministering life into us and interceding for us. That's true. That's right. He He accomplished so much in his first manifestation but now he's in the heavens sitting. And as the high priest there, he's ministering. He's ministering the heavenly life and the life supply into us, enabling us to live a heavenly life on this earth. I appreciate Hebrews 8.1. It says the chief point in the book of Hebrews, the chief point is this. We have such a high priest who after his first manifestation sat down on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the holy places. So this high priest is ministering the bread and the wine according to the order of the priesthood of Melchizedek to supply us to live a heavenly life on this earth. So he is ministering to us 
himself and all that he has accomplished through his first manifestation, mainly by interceding for us. So he's interceding that all that he has accomplished would be wrought into us. Everything related to him would be infused into us. So he's interceding so that he could be dispensing himself into us as life and everything. This is the high priest, according to the order of Melchizedek, always dispensing himself as bread and wine. He does this mainly by his interceding. So we must be very, very grateful to the Lord that he's not only sitting there, but he's very busy as the minister, mainly by praying for us, interceding for us, that we would be saturated with him and everything that he has accomplished so that we could become his duplication for his expression on this earth. You know, Dick, uh, you mentioned Christ the high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. A couple of weeks ago we had a, a really a lengthy series of messages dealing with Christ in this aspect as the heavenly Melchizedek. And it's quite interesting. Our volume of calls that come in uh, to our 800 number went way up during that period of time. I don't know how many times previous uh, a lot of our listeners may have gotten excited over the matter of Melchizedek. But to see this, this is really something marvelous related to our experience of him, isn't it? Absolutely. It's really marvelous because most of the time we Christians have only seen what he has accomplished on the cross. We haven't realized what he's doing right now. What he's doing right now is ministering himself as the heavenly life and life supply. He's busy supplying us. Like I mentioned, everything's been accomplished, and now he wants us to be receiving and enjoying this supply of bread and wine to us constantly. He's accomplished everything. Now he just says, come and dine. Open up yourself. And one of the best ways is just to say, Lord Jesus, I love you, as we even speak this. And I hope all that are listening to this broadcast would open your heart and just say, Lord, I praise you as the heavenly Melchizedek. Thank you for the bread and the wine. As you speak this to the Lord, he will supply you even more. You will be brought into the joy of the Lord, even in this age. You will enjoy all that he's accomplished, and you will enjoy his present dispensing into you as life and everything, enabling you to live a heavenly life on this wicked earth. Dick, this is the life study of Hebrews, and you and the ministry today have together combined to help bring us to life. And Amen. The, and its enjoyment today. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast. It was not only entertaining, but we hope very nourishing and spiritually satisfying. That's our testimony today. The life study of Hebrews with Witness Lee continues once again tomorrow. For Dick Taylor, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Did you know that you can now enjoy the writings of Witness Lee and Watchman Nee on your PC or Mac, tablet, e-reader, or smartphone? Just go to lsm.org slash ePublications to find out more. Again, that's lsm.org slash ePublications.
and thanks for listening today.